carry on with the programme yeah. and welcome our next guest, who is Councillor Pat Hayes. Pat, yeah. good morning and welcome. Morning to both you and to your listeners as well. It's well, great to be here again. It's always a pleasure to be here. Yes. Pat, uh, you were listening there to uh, our conversation with Brian in East Care Garda Focus. Yeah. And, uh, you've had your own experiences recently uh, trying to get Gardaí. Yeah, it, look at it, um, I suppose Brian was reading out the incidents for the last week and things like that. I suppose a couple of miles up the road from me now, just we don't to paint the picture now that the Garda divisions are divided. Yeah. We're now in the Innes and uh, part of East Clare is in the Innes catchment area now with the college for Clare and more is in the Nina area. Yeah. So the division runs down towards Bodike and half a fecal and that area. So I suppose last Friday night, last Friday the 13th, I got a phone call from a guy in Tulla where an older gentleman up near me, uh, somebody had called him to say that they were going to do work in his roof. Oh, dear. And there was uh, ivy growing in over it. And they kind of persisted and told him they'd be there at half nine and, and nine or half nine in the morning to actually do the work. He didn't ask them to do it? No, they just called to him in the spec. This is one yeah. of the things that I wanted to say. It's not. You, it's hard to describe it as a scam. It's, it is a scam, but it is an opportunistic uh, to find an older person yeah. that might see that there's work to be done. And particularly at the moment, we can't get anyone to do any work. Yeah. And when somebody arrives in your door and says, uh, and this, this particular man is an older guy yeah. that, that, that doesn't speak that great, he's not a, an Irish national, uh, and he probably found it hard to understand. So I got a phone call to know uh, from a friend of his, to know what we do, and I suppose it took a, a good while to get guards that night before. And I suppose there was no incident as such. So uh, Saturday morning, I got up early and arrived home to the house myself and my friend from Tulla, and we sat there for an hour, an hour and a half, and nobody arrived. Uh, went to Fecal to do a bit of business, and I said I'd come back out and check on the man again. And he had left and gone to to Tulla, the older gentleman, for his shopping. So he figured nobody was coming. And around half one, I got a phone call to. Uh, to say that they had arrived, the both of them were on the roof of your man's house, with chainsaws and a, f and a few ladders, and I just sat in the car with my son and we went down, and uh, your man was below looking for two thousand euros for, I suppose, an hour's work, and demanding his cash. Yeah. Uh, and look, what, it was an aggressive uh, meeting, and things were said yeah. that would be seen as threatening to me and to, yeah. to, to anyone. Yeah. that there was particularly ways of getting his money if he didn't get it, is what was said. So, yeah. uh, uh, and then the other friends came and, ah, would you come up, would you come from Tipperary to do work in a man's house and not get paid for it and all this? He, he actually pretended to come from Tipperary yeah. because he had a, a TN registration. It went up in a number of social media things. Now, it hasn't gone up in the community alert system either, which is, a which is something that needs to be looked at again too because it was reported to community alert uh, and it didn't come out in the Clare Femme weekly issues either so uh, and it had been reported so I think the issue here really is that your man felt very threatened uh, I felt even threatened myself and I don't stand back from too many things but it was just that the, the the whole event itself you know, the man went off in his way but you'd always be afraid that somebody would come back so I reported the incident, which is now in the Innes catchment area. And uh, 
they said that they took the details. I had the car, the van number was a Toyota Hiace zero eight TN. I can, I'm prohibited from telling the other four. Yes, which I don't know why either. But look, it could be a, it could be your car. It could be misidentified, and it yeah. could be that's. Yeah. I think that has been instance where the wrong number might have been given and people got caught or were blamed. So I. Um, I contacted the man again himself and checked that he was fine and all that and took a good while of time to... I had to ring again in the evening because I expected a call back from the guards in Innes and they were so busy and this and... I don't think any guards has actually called to that man yet, like... Uh, so my my understanding from what I kind of worked through the system, these were from Galway, uh, from the Tomb Road in, in Galway. So just to alert people here, your elderly neighbours, your uh, community where keep an eye out for people that are vulnerable because I think God Ryan said there, this is the time of the year, they want that few thousand. Yeah. The risk was that they'd go into the house and if there was any other money as well, they'd take it. And they had no problem with an 85-year-old man pushing him aside, two young, a young men and his, a younger men and his son. They had no problem if they wanted yeah. to actually get the money. Um, it was near your, where James Moroni's area, yes. that particular area. Uh, in Glandery. Uh look at we we I kept I constantly kept an eye in the house and I've talked to some of his neighbours and 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 told them to keep an eye out. But that that incident there could be in Scarf, it could be in Fiegel, it could be in Killinine or anywhere. So, yeah. like people are out there at this time of the year touting. Mm. I suppose that brings me on to the issue in relation to policing. There's a lot of turmoil in the policing service yeah. at the moment. Well, yeah. There is a number of turmoil. When I, I during the week, then I had to on another incident, I had to ring the guard as well, and I rang Scarf, and I was put through to Nina, and the patrol was out in Rossgrey. So, like, we need to we need to come back to the on board here to actually get a better policing service, uh, because the division of our, of our county into Tipperary, I'm not sure. How, I, I know it's teething. But at the same time, we got a briefing recently at an area meeting from Superintendent uh, Ollie Baker. Uh, just and we need to actually uh, part of our area then is in the NS area. We don't know so community alert programs across the area in two divisions. All that area now is. I think that there needs to be community meetings about policing in their area, and I think the Guardian need to support it. When I rang, I was asked to lobby. <laughs> when I was looking for an issue, to it Nina? As I said, look, we need more resources. We need more people. And we need more in, uh, involvement, really. I know there's national issues going on with Drew Harrison rostering and all that, mm. which kind of has, in a sense, kind of affected the people there. I suppose there was a lot of changes during COVID to actually make changes, and they're trying to re rejig them now, and it's not suiting people. Longer, 12-hour 12 hour shifts and 14-hour mm. shifts and four-day periods and things that are not as family-orientated. I think Brian made the point there that you happen to proper diet if you're out the guard as it is. If you have longer rosters, it's not going to be any easier either. So I think um, I think I would have, uh, I don't want to create any worry for anyone, but I, would have, I have concerns where we are with the policing at the moment. And mm. it's something I intend to take up as a public representative because people expect me to do that. And uh, we will be looking for further meetings to, to make sure and reassure the public. Um, because if you ring a particular area now, the issue is still ring 999. Uh, whether you're in the Innes or the... Hmm. But I wonder, Pat, you know, I mean, you and your colleagues represent mostly East Clare. Yes. From kind of, I suppose, Kilmurray back to Whitegate and Killaloo yes. up to Flagmount. And, and to me, anyway, East Clare, which is also the area we covered, that, pretty much that area as well, um, 
you know, from a from a social point of view, from a sporting point of view, from a political point of view, and you know, from a touristic point of view, it is the like a one area. I know when when Tulla play White Gate, you know, they knock spots off each other, but that's friendly rivalry. But it is a, a definite area where people know each other well, and with the garden or with the, with the Garda um, divisions and the recent changes, that area is split down the middle. It is, yeah. And, and I can't see that as being a good thing. Well, what, what I can't see, yeah, it isn't a good thing, and I, I made my views very clear that, uh, that that is not a good thing, where you have uh, probably Killanina, Flagmont, and that side nearly closer to a Garda station in Gart now uh, than it is geographically closer. Uh, uh, and like Tulla and Scarf and all that was kind of the Duke was the, and Killaloo was our area like and that was the area you'd like to have I think the fact that we're going all the way down to cross North Tip and down to Ross Grey it's a long distance from Mahara to Ross Grey if you needed a guard now look at it, we're lucky enough there isn't a huge degree of crime but it's it's provincial measures as well and also I think the issue that probably is in the changes is is that not knowing your local guard to the same level as you did before uh, and, and having them on a regular basis while and it's great that they're here in Scarfbury really and coming in on a regular basis but that beat on the street look what I hear it inside Ninnis mm. I hear it everywhere is to get more people that we actually yeah. know and that needs to, to re, we, if we have a change of boundary now we need to revamp Community Alert mm. to make sure that we actually get more people involved because ultimately that's the you know what I done last Saturday and the other neighbours done was was just community alert in a different way, but it is it but, is. I'll ask you, Pat. Were you frightened uh, when you went down to that site? I didn't expect the reaction when a man says to you, "There's ways of getting the money back," and and you you know it was a threatening at, attitude towards me. Yeah, and it wasn't. I think my son, but be careful in talking about him. But he didn't feel as comfortable either about it. Any of us didn't feel comfortable. Yeah. And if we didn't feel comfortable, what did an eighty-five-year-old man feel comfortable yeah. at living in that house? Is he? Uh, I, I told him to keep his door locked and and, uh, and not to keep money in the house is the advice that we always give. But and he doesn't have it anyway, uh, just in case people <laughs> he hasn't money anyway. But like the thing about it is that. You just feel a bit vulnerable. Are there are there other farmhouses within eyesight? Not particularly. Not no. particularly. No, it's yeah. a very busy junction. Yeah. But it, it doesn't. People don't, as we know, his community has changed. For yeah. People don't visit neighbours. They don't yeah. know who's their neighbours. They don't know what's going on. But could when I get up, there's cars on every road every night now. Yeah. We don't know who's travelling anywhere, and they're all most 99% are probably honest mm. and nothing going on but there are there's a lot more traffic that if you live in even your own road gym there's traffic yeah there's how, many, how, how many squad cars have we in the uh, in the actual um, well, I, 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 I don't know none I, the night you were looking for yeah someone but, but at the times and this is look at it look at this is where we need to come back to really we yeah. really need to get a, a full uh, assessment of where we are and what yeah. we need as well yeah. Because there is no doubt that if you move people to more urban areas, you need you have more guardy move to those areas. And look, it's only when the need. When Brian said you have to go to everything, like if you are going to a crash in Torlas or not, maybe not that far down now. Yeah. Not, I don't know the full boundaries. But we actually haven't been given a map of the boundaries either, which is kind of disappointing. I must say, as, yeah. a, as a public representative, yeah. I think they're up there somewhere on the guard website. I went searching for them, but I couldn't actually find them. 
Uh, and I've asked, look, we're looking for a further meeting with the with the with the people from the Innes district now as well, because we need to cover that part of Fetal and part of Tulla and all that as well. We need it, to know that. It is a division that's uncomfortable to us as, as, yeah. as public representatives, but yeah. it is also for the people that are out there. Yeah. But isn't it daft that East Clare is cut yeah. in two, basically? Yeah, look at the, the issue was said, there'll be a guard if you ring 999. Yeah. I, not, I think you still have to... If you have that local context, and I think that's where we need to rebuild our community alert so that people are comfortable to ring somebody locally if they need them. Well, I begin, you know, I begin to think now that the future uh, CVs, you know, coming in uh, for anybody who, want, who wishes to to become a, a an active politician, okay, like Pat is, right, um, he'd have to indicate his prowess. Uh, at wrestling, um, self-defence methods. Okay, I mean it's getting to a ridiculous stage when the security of a, a, an elderly man is at, laid at the at the feet of our guest here. Yes. Yeah. What do you think? It is. No, I, I think I think it's it's. You know, well, uh, look, I'm I'm a neighbour too. Look, could I, I yeah. put it that way? But it came to me because I, as a politician, and that being increasingly uh, uh, yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, but look at our roles have changed dramatically since we became elected councillors. You're now the actual councillor to people. Yeah, yeah. So, and now we've ended. Listen, <laughs> I just, uh, we, we were going to talk to you tomorrow. That just came up. Uh, well, I, I, I actually so needed to say it because yeah, I, I, I think it's important. It yeah. is and important. It, is a, it is one of those subjects that touches a lot of people. I don't want to make people uncomfortable. It's something we need to, to, to focus our space on as politicians all across mm. our county. But we actually do need to make sure we get our community alert and that community feel where we we know our guards again. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and we need that. And we, have, we have good guardians here in, in this area, and I know you're not. In any um, you know, but we want them to get a fair deal as well yeah. and to be able to do their job yeah. you know, without being dragged yeah, all over yeah, the yeah. place. Well, I think they feel at the moment that they're... they're they're, they're being dragged and they're being pulled and a lot of decisions are being made about their, their pay grade as a lot of people say to you uh, and they can, they're, they're only participants in a, in a bigger issue that's going on that needs to actually be fair to those people as well and, and, and this is what I, I'm saying like is to try and make sure our local Gardaí are part of our community and we support them as well and they are yeah. very much but like they are they are everywhere I'm, every guard I meet is saying something to me about turmoil and issues and challenges yeah. about what they've been asked to do. Yeah. yeah. I've, uh, going away from that, um, tell me, as a county councillor, have you any responsibility in terms of, uh, what would I say, uh, the maintenance of what is county council property? We're talking about uh, existing stock of houses in Scarif where the oxide of iron is coming through on the plaster you know the, the I do it's yeah. an algae type of yeah yeah and but it, it results apparently from Jim what was it uh, that oxide of iron yes I got, got into the cement or the plaster okay and as uh, it survived okay for the first X number of years but then it starts small, coming through the the plasterwork, usually on the gables. That's where you see the most 
and it's red. I think it is a pity if houses aren't kept and that they're the responsibility of the council. The council built the estate in question, isn't that right? Oh, God, yeah. 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 So who would be responsible for taking that ugly red out of our eyesight? Well, the council, of course, are the, are the owners of the property. Uh, they have a responsibility to maintain. But uh, I think the challenge in a lot of those is this: um, just take a vacant property at the moment to turn it around. We have an average grant from the state of 11,000 per yeah, house. Yeah. In average, every house we go into costs 30 to 35,000 because so you we, we do a full revamp of a house when we get a vacant house anymore. We do the, uh, the heating and the insulations and all that go with it. So in order not to be going back in five years again to do a, a smaller job, so we clean the house out now and do a full revamp. And it costs about 30,000 and it comes from the own resources of the council. Like... The estate, and I know exactly what you're talking about, Fossabig here, uh, it's coming out through the gables and it looks unsightly. It probably doesn't affect the people inside in the house and it, hasn't, it, isn't, it isn't a pirate issue or that, but at the same time, we should be dealing with this. And I have brought it to the attention of the council to, that it is not not the way we want to see our properties going. With the council yes, it is, it is part of a plan to, 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 to try and find funding to do those things and look at them as well. Yeah. But it, I suppose... As an emergency issue, it isn't an emergency. No, it's not an we're emergency. We're trying to deal with a lot of challenges pertaining to, um, I suppose, people looking for council houses at the moment as well and the, ho- the homeless that? issues as well. What decides? Who decides who gets a house? Take the lovely new, uh, we call it mini estate on the Fecal Road. And it's, it seems to be going very well yeah. down there. Well, under pressure with, with the state of country in terms of trying to keep builders and yeah. roofers and everyone. Now, everywhere we turn this minute, every contractor is struggling. Now, this is going well. It's doing well. It's expected to open quarter four of next year. And uh, look at who decides who gets houses. I think people individually apply to the system to actually get on the housing list. Is there a point, a kind of a kind of a oh, point? Oh, it's all based on, on, on a historical nature. If you're a number of years on it, it depends whether you've one, two, three kids. If you're uh, an urgency yeah. about you and you're in bad housing condition, I suppose you could take two and a half thousand people as have been on the housing list across the county, towns and all. But when you start to delve into the figures and the facts, a lot of people apply for the housing, to be on the housing list, not to get a council house. To, yeah, act- yeah, to actually yeah. get the housing assistance payment for a rented house. Yeah. And we've had a number of people over the years where maybe have been asked, would they be interested in taking up their, their, an offer of a council house? They were quite happy to stay in, in the residence they were. And so was, some people are out in rural areas. majority of HAP houses are out in rural areas, actually. A lot of people rent properties out in rural areas and they're quite happy to stay in a community they are rather than maybe become an, ur- an urban rather than a rural. So I'd say I would, I, my estimate here is there's nearly half of that of that housing list are people that are quite happy in the present scenario they're in, more than are continuously moving on to the social housing list. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year we delivered, we were far ahead of our schedule. This year we're yeah. going to be slightly down because there are ups and downs in the housing building trade, you, and it depends on sites becoming available, and then it depends... Like, there was an awful lot of work to go on here behind the scenes in terms of the fecal road development. Yes. Because yeah. of the topography of the site, and it meant that uh, 
extra cost. There's a, a total cost of 6.22 million for 18 units. And you can work that out of 300 and whatever thousand per, per unit. Mm-hmm. There are 18 units, four three beds, 12 two beds, and two one bed. So, uh, and that's a huge change as well. And it's a societal change, John and, and Jim, is that the ask now is not for your family three bedroom house anymore. It is asked for that single mother with two kids or one child or whatever yeah. it is or yeah. separated and a whole it just shows the whole change since yeah. I when we give out you talked about the houses here in Fossil Big. Yeah. The majority of them when they were given out were family orientated houses and they were built that way. So what has been built in the fecal role is actually uh, symptomatic of the of what is on the on the housing list yeah. and the requirement from the area. Now, there's been a big change in relation to that as well, uh, in terms of you asked the question, who gets a house? Um, anyone in, within the county has the right to apply for a house, and we have a system called choice-based letting, mm-hmm. CBL, and that's put out every week with the houses that are available across the county, from Kilrush to Shannon to Scaliford yeah. to Tulla, and everybody has a choice to apply for it. Uh, I'm not happy about it because it takes the local if there was you could get people that are in worse conditions in Kilrush that might jump somebody that's nearer or longer here in Scarif but it is a national thing that was decided in order to give diversity previously if you were in the fecal Scarif Tully catchment area you could apply for Scarif or the adjoining yeah. you yeah. have a choice of three areas within your community now you have a choice within your county yes. which is I suppose fair to everyone, but unfair to, like, there are houses that were given out in Killaloo and people down the street in Killaloo didn't get them, they were expecting to get them, and that's going to be the very same here in Scarf that's going to cause us trouble. It happened in Fecal and it happened in Tulla, uh, and that is the system that's in place, and we have... And there, there isn't, a, we'll say, you mentioned a kind of a point system, if you like, the, all the different factors yeah. that would influence who might get a house. Would location and... You know, closeness to work, uh, yeah, that all, kind of thing. Yeah, a, look, there's an interview process, uh, and anyone that's on the housing list, if there's a housing development coming up within an area, most people in the area are reviewed within a six month or a year period in advance of it to check about their eligibility and to check if they've had guests in their house and if they're still adhering to the list that they and where they came before, a, a whole lot of things. So, there's a lot of uh, look at. I suppose disappointingly, maybe it's maybe good or better, I don't know. I suppose it diminishes the role of a county council and takes you out of the equation to a degree. When I started out first, we, we sat down around uh, tables when lists were nearly available. GDPR wasn't available, wasn't an issue. <laughs> now you're, now if, 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 if you wanted a house in the morning, Jim, I'll make a case for you and I'll add to the case uh, by making a res- represent, a, yes. represent you. Yeah. But I haven't an ultimate decision, or it doesn't, and that's a bit disappointing to a degree because sometimes we know more about the background of, of applicants than, than a lot of people in mm. offices, or than might appear on paper. Yeah, because yeah. we know the social background, we know the need, and we know why they should get house, mm. and we know why they shouldn't get house, which is often more important. And that's I could could I could I come in on that on that one, Jim? And <laughs> uh, we won't take we we won't go deeply into the point. But where, in fact, it's obvious the track record of an applicant raises serious qu- social questions. 
okay? Now, there are nuances in all of what I said there, you know. Um, so, uh, if you, I, I don't want to ask you that if you become aware of a historic background by, uh, you know, of uh, an applicant for a house, should you voice that um, reminder to the decision makers? Um, I suppose, yes, to a degree, you have to be cautious as well because there are a lot of people looking for houses and they have a long list. You don't want to, we're hearing huge issues across the county, we are, around right. the county of, of antisocial yeah. behaviour. Yeah. And what we're really hitting problems is, is, while we might have dedicated social housing as part of the part four, part some of building houses anymore, uh, larger developments now have to give so much over to social housing. Mm. And we have also cash buyers that are coming in, buying houses once they have a neighbour got a house beside them their family friend buys the next one beside them and next thing you have huge disruption in, in housing estates. We've had some serious issues in some towns mm -hmm. where yeah, people, I know one particular family had to move their house and sell and lose it. Yeah. I think on the, on the paper this week in the Care Champion, something like 650 complaints yeah. uh, of, of antisocial behaviour over the year now we in set, County Clare. Yeah, we set up a team around that as well to try and... and Malty McDonough, I think you might have known Malty and yes, a number of people. G former the GA, GA and Gardy as well. A number of those people have taken up the roles of going around to make sure we... Look at the challenges to try and put the... Well, as one man said, proper or, or people and to avoid antisocial. But sometimes society has changed so much we might often think that we actually know everyone. We don't anymore to the same level as we did. Uh, and look at... There's an awful lot of things that we'd love to say at times, like the homeless issue becomes a big issue here. And I asked recently to kind of, I was trying to, I asked a question that I couldn't get an answer really to who are the homeless. And I can't really get into that yes. game of saying that because now I'm having a grouping that might be the main proponent of it. You know, if you get into that debate, you're now... Get, putting people into categories, and, categories and 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 that's 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 awkward too. Like we don't have a major issue with homelessness, mm -hmm. and we don't have as much an issue with maybe outside people living in the area either as other communities. And I've had so many discussions this week about groups not paying and people not paying their rent and people thinking they they had different regulations for different groupings and all that, and it mm -hmm. it causes a lot of financial aid to the local authority to try and deal with it yes. and then you have ombudsmen and equality officers and you have everyone if I happen the same carpet in my house as, as you have and uh, why should I why should be people treated differently there's a, there's, there's yes. a lot of people yeah. don't actually a lot of things that people don't know what goes on behind the scenes yes. yeah. and sometimes they're better off not to but because it it's so challenging to actually I think I think I said the last day to you it's so hard now not to be able to tell everything you want or say what you want yes. to say anymore yeah. Uh, as somebody said to tell the truth yes and somebody challenged me one time and I said that's the truth <laughs> and, uh, and it was a, an open forum and I was actually the chair of it I was opening the event and I, and I got 
deep into conversation about my views on certain things. Yeah. And somebody from the back of the house said to me, and she banged the table, and she says, Councillor Hayes, I said, this is the truth. I says, you're yeah. not listening, more yeah. or less. <laughs> Councillor Hayes, that's your truth. Yes, I know. So it's my view, <laughs> and I have a lot of views. Yes. If, if you went back 24 years ago when I started, I was, I'd be far more open to say a lot of things. Yes. Yeah. Now you're caught with every sort of a... Yes, you have to uh, be very careful. I see, and you might think, because you're here on Scarf Bay Radio, and say what you'd like to say here. I see Councillor Donald Galbar somewhere, he said something somewhere, and, you know, even if you go back to Brian Lenahan, originally it was only an interview by a student that actually cut yes, him off, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and it yeah. came back to haunt him. So yeah. it's, it's hard just to say what you'd like to say, mm. but I suppose, mm. I suppose from my point of view, as representing people, we're constantly on the, on the trying to improve systems and to try and, and do, do our best for the people that we represent mm. and try to be fair. And I suppose my hope for the Fetal Road is as many local people that are in need of it will get houses and that they'll be happy and hopefully next year it'll add to the sort of value. I think the, the issue we really need to look at in Scarif and places like Fetal is to actually get more uh, housing development for ordinary people to reduce layers something like an affordable housing scheme that could actually have a reduced value of 50,000 mm-hmm. to each applicant or each person or something like that. And to look at programs like that, we've seen an over spill of development in Tulla now and Cushigan and Quinn. Uh, huge developments going on there and, and nothing moving. Yes, and it has yeah. huge implications. And of You're course, people are the future of a town or a village. Yeah. And, and look at school. schools and everywhere yeah. like that. It, it yeah. is, well, we have an impact of Ukrainian and people in here in the area into Scarf and all that and I'd say that look at ultimately they're going to be part of the community and if you were honest about it is they probably need it because everywhere I've gone this week like even even general operators applications in the council have dropped from to a third of what they would have been three years ago yes yeah because so people they're getting better jobs they don't want to do geo offers it's like the Gardaí, the, the pay, rate of pay isn't up enough. Teachers, mm-hmm. everyone now, are not in the same level that's actually required because yeah. if, you're, if yeah. you're building that house at the other end. So, sorry, I'm talking about a lot I of know, different... We're, and we're out of time. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, thanks a million, Pat, for coming in. Um, we look forward to having you here again. You want to say something before you I finish? I do. Uh, I suppose we're looking forward to a good game of Camogie in the afternoon. Yes. Um, mm. my own club's Kilinina Fetal up against Scarif O'Gunla yeah. uh, and that's a unique pairing and it's great to have a good pitch in Waikat that can actually take a match as well so is, I'd like to wish well look I suppose, suppose I'll be touting a bit more for my own of community you will, yes. in this particular case <laughs> and it's one of those unique times that they're first time to, in a while to, mm. to, to get, get to, to that level to and they'll go on with good hope as well yeah, and Pat, you know he has really given us um, a marvellous insight into the, the workings, workings yeah. of a county yeah. councillor. And listen, just on the match, anyone from Scarif or O'Gunlow or Fekel or Kilnina who can't attend, it'll be live with Leo Doyle at four o'clock on Scarif Bay Community Radio. So that's... We'll be there. We'll be there. Pat Hayes, many thanks to you. Thank you.